0: You're listening to episode 68 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. As the summer is nearing, I wanted to talk about planning and time management, not for the students, but about what we teachers should do before we leave on summer break. You may be tired and the desire to put things off to next year might be very strong, but over my years of teaching, I have learned that there are some things, small but very important things, that are so much better completed before you leave for the summer. I will share with you five tips on what you need to do so you can have space in your mind for a truly restful summer. Let's get started. Welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grosslis, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. The other day, I was thinking to myself, in my personal life, before I leave to go on Any vacation, no matter how short or how long it is, I make sure that the house is clean, the laundry is done, and there's nothing that will smell bad by the time I come back. I like to come back to my home and feel like I have the time and space to ease back into the real life after vacation. And of course, there will always be laundry and grocery shopping to do, uh, but I won't have to clean up the messes from the past so the same goes for our life at school the school year is such a whirlwind that we don't have time to do everything we'd like to do maybe you have papers all over your desk maybe you have old posters and bulletin boards and uh, what about those binders full of lessons you could have used back in october but forgot you had them I do have a bit of a confession to make. I am a master procrastinator and at the same time, like a true procrastinator, someone who works really well under pressure. And nothing gives you more pressure than those last days before the coveted break, The end of the school year can be exhausting and it is so tempting to just say I'm just going to do what's absolutely necessary and we'll deal with the rest later, whether during the month before school starts or during those first days back. But let me tell you, I don't recommend it. I always love this quote by Buddha. Every morning we are born again and what we do today is what matters most. I try to live by it as much as I can, the procrastinator me also. And I also think it is very transferable to so many areas of life, including your school year and your organization and your planning. It helps me remember that this school year is almost over and that next year is going to be different. It's going to be a new school year. Maybe a little bit same, but mostly different. And those different things will be important then. So today I have compiled a list of things you should do before you leave on your summer break. I've made mistakes in the past by not doing them so I hope these will be helpful to you and will inspire you to take action. All right, here goes. My tip number 1 is this. Your testing scores have likely arrived already. Now is the time to take care of the student rosters and write up those ILPs. So if you don't know what an ILP is, I share more about it in episode 35 which is called what are ILPs and what to include in them. You can also read about it on my blog at simplyyeva.com. But ILPs are individualized language plans for ESL students. The document highlights the best educational plan for ELs, and it's a way for the ESL teacher and general education teachers to stay on the same page. The ILP gives general education teachers a foundation for teaching ELs instead of leaving them to figure it out on their own. And now not preparing ILPs before the end of the year and leaving it for the beginning of the new school year is the mistake I repeated several times in the past. And this year I've told myself no more. And I would like you to be encouraged and do the same. If you use a program like Elevation, which is an EL program management solution that allows you to collect student data and generate ILPs among other services, then you might not need to write those plans yourself. But if you are in the district that doesn't, then it is up to you to create those plans. The thing is, writing an ILP takes focus. You have to include students' scores, background information, suggestions for accommodations and grading, When you have a template it is a bit easier, however it takes time and energy and if you have more students it might not be a tempting way to finish up your year. But here's why you should do it now. First, your connection with your students is fresh, so your recommendations are more personalized. You have likely received scores recently, and it is easier to interpret them. Literally, no need for background building because your brain is still in school mode and doesn't have uh, to come back from the summer fuzz. And I promise you, there will be no time when you come back between professional development, lesson planning, new student screening, and so on. Just like in that quote, it will be a new day with new opportunities and challenges. So, do now what you can. The second one is clean up your classroom. And you may be saying, but of course, Yeva, I always do. Um, I just wanted to share my reasoning for it, and I hope you can take something from it. Of course, there will be custodial staff at your school that will be cleaning and waxing everything over the summer. To clean up your classroom as much as you can means showing appreciation for them. We rely on our custodians throughout the school year for quite a bit from when something breaks in your classroom or when someone is sick and you need assistance immediately. You can include your students in this cleanup if you're still working with them and you'll be surprised how quickly the room will be ready. In addition, it is a great time to chat with your kids about how much work custodians do at school and that without them, it would be much more difficult. In addition, if you are like many, or other ESL teachers who teach in shared small space or a closet, chances are you have a lot of stuff that you haven't used, in some cases for years, or even will not use. I have boxes upon boxes of books and materials from years even before I started. Because I haven't had the time and space to even look at them, I kept telling myself, next year I will take a look and use some of it, But literally, the vicious cycle continued. Again, if you change space, you might not be able to have uh, even the room to open the box. So donate it, recycle it, simplify as much as you can. Again, include your students in the process. And if you make it as an act of kindness to you and custodians day, it will be so much more rewarding for all. The third tip, which is really good, is take pictures of everything you've packed. So once you have decided what goes and what stays, it's a good idea to take pictures of what you packed and where. You can also label your boxes, um, but if you're staying in the same room, uh, you know you might need to take pictures of that. So. Again, frequently as ESL teachers, we are moved to different space over the summer and uh, we tend to be the first ones to be moved out. And sometimes we are not even informed. So even if you're not, the summer brain takes time to adjust to the back to school mode. And in August, you will thank your last school year self for being so organized. The fourth tip is organize your digital files. Clutter on your computer is just like any other clutter. It takes up space and energy. I might have papers thrown all over my desk, but my digital files are more organized simply because I use them every single day. I use Google Drive for everything. And here is an example of how I organize my files. So I create folders that are numbered and color-coded. For example, a folder could be labeled with number one, named 2324, school year, and color-coded green. In that folder, I then create other subfolders such as, you know, school-specific because I work in a a couple of schools, class-specific, grade-specific, content-area-specific, whatever works for you. The most important thing is for you to remember your own organizational style and uh, decide on how you name the folders, uh, because, you know, you have uh, multiple folders of parent communication like I do sometimes, and I'm like, wait, which one is it? So label it with, uh, you know, colors, numbers and dates uh, actually works. And immediately place a document into a specific folder whenever you open it. So if you make a copy of it or create a new one or somebody shares and you need to keep it, make sure you you don't procrastinate on that. Immediately move it to the folder that it belongs to. So this is probably the one thing that I don't procrastinate as much on because I know how frustrating it is to try to do your work and not be able to find the necessary information when you need it. I also have an administrative folder, folder for parent communication, as I already mentioned, separate folder for newcomer resources and uh, fun activities, lesson plans, and so on. Again, these are just a couple of examples of how I organize my files, but it really saves much time, and when you have it labeled, you come back, you open up your computer, and you're like, ah, now I know what I have, now I know what I can do. Another part of digital organization is cleaning up your email. Again, there are different types of people. Some like to get their inbox neat at all times, and I really admire you if you do that. And others like me have 20,000 unread messages. Um, Not because I'm lazy. You'll learn why. (laughs) If you don't have that many emails, that might be a short task, but the principle for any size of inbox is the same. Label, archive, delete. In most mail applications, you can create labels for certain types of emails and they would be directed straight to those folders. For example, again, parent communicational school events. Because I am the coordinator for our EL program, I receive emails from all schools. And quite honestly, many of them are about attendance, coffee or lunch and school specific items. And of course, my favorite quote unquote, reply all emails. So these are the emails that take up most of my inbox and don't allow me to see what's important. So deleting them regularly, marking the important ones with a star, labeling them, uh, and archiving ones that you need to keep is the way to go. So keep that in mind before you leave for your summer break. And the fifth tip is prep for the first week of school. It might be difficult to find the time to prep for the first weeks of school at the end of the current school year, but your future self will thank you. I always say it takes eight weeks for you to get into the rhythm of sleep and your brain relaxes during the summer, but only a couple of days to ask yourself, you know, wait, Wasn't I on vacation just a few days ago? I already forgot how that feels. This is like every beginning of the school year. Uh, But summer brain is a thing. When you come back, you don't even know what's what for some time. So here's why you should prep for the first week of school and what you should do before you leave uh, the summer break. Again, I might be repeating myself, but your brain is still in the school mode and it's so much easier to come up with teaching ideas. So take the moment and uh, use this opportunity to map out your first weeks. Now, don't overcomplicate it. Plan as if it was next week. You might want to include some icebreaker activities or brainstorm some of them in there, uh, both for returning groups and for those students who will be new. So if you need some ideas, make sure to check out episode 33, where I talk about different icebreakers. Or if you don't have time to listen, you can just uh, glance on my blog. I also have a a blog post about icebreaker activities. And then take note of books uh, and worksheets that you might need during that first week. Make the necessary copies and place them in the folder labeled first week lessons That way, when you come back, you know, you can either use them or you can update them, but at least something will be ready for you. Of course, as ESL teachers, we are in unique positions in that we work with the same students for several years and we get newcomers at any time of year. It is not always easy to plan ahead, but having an idea of how you'd like to connect with your students during that first week And what to teach those newcomers right away is truly helpful for when you get back. Now, if you want to get ahead on your planning and plan out your first month of lessons with newcomers, join me for a two-part Lesson Planning Masterclass. You'll get my personal expertise in a two-hour training where I teach you step-by-step how to successfully plan your first month of teaching ESL newcomers. And I will make sure that you walk away confident in your own abilities to take your students from zero English to feeling comfortable in their new school. Even more, you will receive a two-hour professional development certificate and a year's worth scope and sequence to help you stay on track. So the masterclass is recorded. You can take it anytime at your own pace. To learn more about it, visit my website, simplyyava.com forward slash masterclass. uh, That's S-I-M-P-L-Y-I-E-V-A.com forward slash masterclass and sign up. And that is all for now. Let us know what you thought of this episode. We always love to hear from our listeners. What would be your tips for things to do before you leave for the summer break? Send me a message on Instagram and let me know. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at Simply ESL, Facebook Simply Yeva, or connect with me on my website, simplyyeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.